Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1392. This week on Cars Yeah, we're celebrating the inaugural Las Vegas Concorde Elegance that takes place October 25th through the 28th at the beautiful Dragon Ridge Country Club in Henderson, Nevada, just south of Las Vegas. I'm proud to say that Cars yeah is a sponsor of this new event. To learn more, go to LasVegasConcord.com. Let's remember cars are meant to be driven. Motorcycles are meant to be ridden. I do not allow my judges to deduct for evidence of use. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you know the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior, is with a car cover? I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. That's right, 1975. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft has been manufacturing premium quality exterior and interior covers for over 50 years with a stellar reputation for durability and design. They're the world's largest manufacturer of custom-patterned vehicle covers that are crafted to fit over 80,000 patterns and growing. They are the only cover I'll put on my vehicles. You can choose from a wide variety of fabrics, styles, colors, and more. From full cover designs for factory to custom-made vehicles, plus convertible top covers, trucks, truck cab coolers, motorcycles, scooters, ATVs, trailers, campers, personal watercraft, and a wide variety of custom features. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Mark Green here. I'm a car care fanatic. You know that. And I've discovered Migliori Luxury Car Care Products. Migliori Strata Coating is a ceramic treatment that you can easily apply by yourself. It provides your special vehicle with a high-gloss finish and lasts for over a year. Migliori Strata Coating features an extreme hydrophobic finish, so water sheets right away, reducing water spotting, and it makes your car washing a breeze. With over a 100 positive reviews on Amazon, this is a time-tested product that's made here in the USA. With fall and winter on the way, protect your vehicle's finish with Migliori. You'll find all their premium car care products at MigliorIWax.com. Plus, you'll get 10% off at checkout by using the code CARSYEAH. 10% off, what a deal. That's M-I-G-L-I-O-R-E-Wax.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special returning guest here on Cars Yeah, calling in from beautiful San Francisco, California, Ed Gilbertson. Hey, Ed, are you buckled up and ready for another fun ride? I am indeed, Mark. Looking forward to it. All right. Ed Gilbertson is the chairman of the International Chief Judge Advisory Group, known as the ICJAG, a new group he formed since his last visit here on Cars Yeah! back in 2015, and this uh, has blown up. We're going to learn about that. Ed is also the president of the jury, Salon Privé Concorde Elegance, a role that he pulled him out of retirement. We're going to laugh about retirement here in a little bit, I think, to handle all the judging at this event that has been held in the Blenheim Palace in the UK. It's a spectacular event. Ed has been active in the car hobby for over 45 years. He's the chief judge emeritus for the Pebble Beach Concorde Elegance, 
and continues to serve as a senior member of the Pebble Beach Selection Committee. He is also the Chief Judge Emeritus for the Palm Beach Cavalino Classic and the Ferrari Club of America. And in addition, he was Chief Judge for the Legend of the Motorcycle International Concours and multiple shows across the country. Ed is founder and chairman emeritus of the International Advisory Council for the Preservation of the Ferrari Automobile and a contributing editor for the fabulous Cavalino Magazine and other publications. In fact, he even co-authored a book on the Ferrari GTO, GT Spider, California. Ed, I've told our listeners just a little bit about this incredible life you've had and this so-called retirement you tried to go into. Would you take a brief moment and tell us a little bit more about what's going on in your life these days and your very obvious passion for automobiles? Well, thank you very much, Mark. As, as you read off the things I'd done, I said, no, no wonder I'm so old. It took a long time to do all of <laughs> I love it. But uh, anyway, no, it's a, it's a pleasure uh, to be back here, Mark. Uh, the last time you interviewed me was uh, during Monterey Car Week in August of 2015, and I had already retired as uh, chief judge uh, for the Pebble Beach Concours. Uh, and uh, other shows have started to call me and said, well, now that you've uh, retired from Pebble Beach, you can come and help us. Well, I wasn't going to go back and recycle through things all over again, but I did say that if they had interest, I would be glad to talk with them. Uh, if uh, they wanted me to come out and be an honorary and take a look at their show, I'd be happy to do that. Well, I began getting so many calls that I realized that I wasn't going to be able to do this all by myself. And so that's when I formed the International Chief Judge Advisory Group. We call it ICJAG, easy to say, easy to remember. ICJAG, uh, the charter membership, I uh, selected what I considered the 15 best chief judges in the world. Uh, My successor at Pebble Beach being one of them, as well as my successor at the Cavalino Classic. And we formed this Chief Judge Advisory Group. It's an all-volunteer organization. These chief judges, uh, most of whom I'd brought into judging along the way, and over time they became uh, good chief judges in their own right. And so we all do a lot of traveling out to these distant points to uh, help them uh, with their judging. And uh, I truly am very grateful for my uh, charter members, and we've added some people since then because they do a lot of my traveling for me. They're very active, despite the fact many of them are still working full-time, but they will go out to help these shows for the good of the order. And in our mission statement, I probably talked about it uh, when I was interviewed the last time, is to promote proper preservation and correct restoration for the benefit of future generations. And we feel one of the real good tools to do that is to uh, have serious judging at the Concord, the judges focuses on originality and authenticity, and at the same time recognizes that cars are meant to be driven. Uh, that's the way we did it at Pebble Beach uh, the whole time I was there as uh, chief judge, which was quite a few years, and that's what we're carrying forward to other shows. That's what I've been up to, Mark. <laughs> Just a little bit. Well, many of those judges I've had guests on the show, and I want to ask you here, uh, to give this thought, any of these other judges that are part of this incredible group, I'd love to have them here on the show to talk about what you guys do, because this is very important. And I want to touch on this a little bit because you are an instrumental part of setting standards 
in automotive judging. And lot there's lots of car shows these days, lots of concourse these days where they have judging. But back in the old days, and even happening now, there's not a consistency. So you'll take a car to one show and they'll judge it one way, and another show will judge another. When you're at prestigious levels like Pebble, the upcoming Las Vegas Concord Elegance, the Cavallino, there needs to be a standard. And you were a guy that really kind of set the standard, correct? Well, that's exactly right. It it goes back quite a ways, Mark. Uh, it, I was showing my own cars in the 70s uh, up here in Northern California. And uh, back in those days, there certain, certainly wasn't much in a way of uh, standards and standard procedures because every place I took my car was judged differently. And it was normally d- judged by people who volunteered to be a judge that day, and they were assigned to judge a group of cars, and they may know something about them. They may not. Well, I quickly became a bit discouraged because I saw cars getting to words that were simply not correct. And I've always been a champion of originality and authenticity. So soon enough, I said, something's got to be done here. We need more fairness and consistency. We need some standards. And everybody agreed, but nobody stepped forward. And it wasn't long before somebody said, you know, we all know these sorts of things are needed. Why don't you do it? Well, I'd really never intended to get involved in judging. I was uh, busy with my own cars. I was still, uh, I think I still had, yeah, I was still in business at the time. But I did take it on, and I developed some initial forms and uh, judging guidelines for the local Ferrari group up here in the San Francisco area. And then uh, that same material was used for some of the other local shows, and uh, I thought that might be it. At least up here in the Bay Area, we we had some uh, fairness and consistency started. But then what really made it take off is in 1984, Ferrari was the featured mark at Monterey Car Week for both the historic races and Pebble Beach. And people and the Ferrari Owners Club I was on the board at the time. We decided that we ought to do, the club ought to do something after Monterey Car Week. And so we set up a concours. I was placed in charge as both the organizer and also handling the judging. That was a big load for Sherry and myself. We split those duties after that. Uh, but it was the first time that the forms and procedures that I developed uh, had been shown nationally. That concourse was highly successful. People still talk about Monterey 84, over 250 Ferraris, the largest uh, gathering to date. I got a personal note from Enzo Ferrari himself uh, congratulating us on that event. But the important thing about it, it was the first broad-based use of those forms and guidelines. It was shortly after that that the Ferrari Club of America made me their first chief judge where I used those forms and guidelines for over 20 years. Cavalino Classic uh, started in the early 90s. I was uh, made chief judge for that where I used again the same forms and guidelines for over 20 years. And then when I got involved with the judging at Pebble Beach, I not only used that material for the Ferrari classes at Pebble Beach because it applies to all marks, And I changed the procedures at Pebble Beach so that every class at Pebble Beach is judged in the same fair and consistent manner using the same forms and guidelines. And, of course, when I retired, they could have changed that, obviously. 
But I'm pleasantly surprised because I've been retired as their chief judge going on seven years already, and they haven't changed a thing. So I'm just excited. And then I've already talked about going from there to form ICJAG, where we're now taking, with the help of my people, those same forms, judging guidelines, procedures, out to all these countries across the world. So it's been quite a long journey, I must say. I would have never imagined <laughs> when I started it back in the early day because I didn't like the way my own cars were being judged that it would uh, be world scale that it yeah. is. Well, you know, my hat's off to you because this is a great example of if you don't like the way something is done, go out there and try to change it. And you think about, you know, Ed, you made a couple comments here. I mean, this is a long time period. It's not going to something that changes overnight. It takes time and it's worked, though, and it it's still working, still being used today and will be used along in the future, no doubt. So uh, kudos to you and what you've done. This is absolutely fantastic. You know, last time you were on the show, and I asked all my guests this question for some kind of a success quote and a mantra, some kind of saying maybe that has a great meaning for you. I want to see if your saying is the same as last time you were on the show. So uh, what is your mantra? What is your success quote here on Cars? Yeah. The one that that I'm quoted uh, most often and that I still use, and it goes back to that time when we needed some of fairness and consistency because, and it's still true of a lot of the shows today, you mentioned, Mark, that judging varies from show to show. I've written a couple of articles on that very subject because all of these shows are independent. They're free to have the kind of judging they wish. We obviously like shows who do serious judging for originality and authenticity, but you do have other shows that are very subjective uh, based on styling and design. For example, that's Villa Desk a lifestyle sort of event, uh, Shanti. I mean, these are big, successful events. Uh, Amelia Island, uh, know Bill Warner well. Anybody that's been to Amelia Island know that the judging is uh, very subjective. And so there are differences. So I always say that uh, if you're going to enter your car for judging in a show, find out what kind of judging they're doing. But the thing that's got me going is because when you have subjective judging and you have judges that don't know what they're looking at, the fallback is cosmetics, and they get real picky. And you go to some of these subjective shows, which basically beauty contest, where they will look around for, you know, a scratch or a rock chip or a dust speck or something. Well, to me, that's nonsense. So my mantra, which goes way back to the 70s, when I said something's got to be done right up to the present day is it was first of all, Ferraris are meant to be driven because of what I developed was for the Ferrari world. When I became multi-market Pebble Beach, it was cars are meant to be driven. And when I was chief judge for the, the legend of the motorcycle show, motorcycles are meant to be ridden. So that phrase, Ferraris are meant to be driven, has expanded today to something that covers all of the vehicles. Let's remember cars are meant to be driven. Motorcycles are meant to be ridden. I do not allow my judges to deduct for evidence of use. I love it. You know, this is fantastic. I'll remind you of your success quote before. Choose the right life partner. Oh. Uh, <laughs> which very wisely said, uh, which is great. But, you know, I love this whole concept. and. I've had many guests on the show. We've talked about this. I'm kind of a victim a bit when it comes to cars. I've had collector cars in the past. 
And I tend to want to preserve them so I don't drive them enough and enjoy them enough. And every time I sell one, I look to my wife and say, man, I saved it for that guy. Why didn't I drive that car more? So I'm going to try to take this into my heart uh, and get out there and drive my car more and enjoy it a little bit more. Uh, because you know what? Uh, life is fleeting. We talked about that a bit in our pre-show chat, how many friends we've had that we've lost over the years. Uh, we need to get out and enjoy these cars and drive them. And I love the fact that you don't deduct for those, what I now call not paint chips, memory marks. Right. Because, right. You know, yeah, in fact, my wife won't let me replace the windshield on her daily driver because there's a rock chip. And it reminds her of the day that we drove my son out to the state finals for uh, when he was in high school for uh, track and field. And she goes, every time I look at that, I remember how great that weekend was of taking him to that event and had how much fun we had. So uh, don't look at rock chips as rock chips. Look at them as memory marks and think of Ed. We must do that. I tell my judges, if you see signs of age, use, and patina, you do not deduct for it. You congratulate the owner for getting out and driving their car because you have plenty to look at in terms of originality and authenticity. And I think it's so important, Mark. I've always, uh, my cars all operate. You know, you see these collections where half the cars don't run because they simply don't get driven. But cars are like people. They really are. Uh, the more you drive them, the better they like it. And the less they're going to get at you. You know, pretty soon they're going to have flat spots. They're going to start uh, peeing on your garage floor. They're going to bulk when you go to start them. Uh, no, they love to be driven, and uh, like my friend Tom Price says, man made them, man can fix them. And he, yeah. as you probably know, and drives his, his GTO and all his other wonderful cars, and that's exactly right. If you get in a fender bender, well, okay, it can be fixed. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Wise words for all of us who have these wonderful cars and are current caretakers. Uh, don't save them for the next guy. Enjoy them. Uh, care for them, but enjoy them. Let me go back in time a little bit here and uh, ask you what instigated the passion that you have for cars is. I mean, you're a very passionate car guy, collector, uh, caregiver, judge. I mean, you've been around cars your whole life. Is there a pivotal moment when you think back in your life, you knew you were going to be a car guy? Well, you know, you asked me that the uh, the last time we talked, Mark, and yep. uh, I thought about it again. And as far back as I can remember, and I have a pretty good memory, I can remember all the way back to three. And in my 80s, I still have a pretty good memory. Thank wow. God. I've always been interested. I can remember playing with little cars in the sandbox. I can remember beginning to draw cars before I was even in school, then building model cars then taking uh, pieces of wood and apple carts and roller skate wheels and building, uh, you know, little scoop mobiles. And then uh, when I got in grade school, let's see, around 11, 12, I built myself a couple of soapbox derby cars back in the days when they had those wonderful kids races. And then in the 50s, uh, clapped out hot rod. That's where I learned how to work on a car in my old Ford hot rod in the 50s. It's just always been with me, and I'm stunned that here I'm sitting, uh, obviously with a good chunk of my life behind me, and I'm as interested and passionate as ever about cars and motorcycles. I had to cut back on the motorcycles. I'd been riding them, I mean, cut back riding them, sold a couple, still have three, but I've been riding a motorcycle since 1948. Whoa. I had to get smart with myself because I said, 
and I rode with the club for years. I talked about that in our last interview. But if I tried to ride motorcycles the way that I was, I was going to kill myself. You know, your leg strength isn't there. My vision isn't there. And so I had to get real serious. Toughest thing I think I've ever had to do is to give up riding motorcycles. They came before the cars. But I said to myself, okay, you've been on them all your life. You managed to survive it all. You had your downs, you had your accidents, but here you are. And I said, let's face it, Ed, and you'll appreciate this, Mark. All of us are going to have to give up our four wheels sooner or later. Yeah, there's so going to be a point in time. Yep. Yeah, so the time to give up the two-wheel riding is now, but the four-wheel will come in future years, and we all just have to face it. But uh, I think all of us, including you, Mark, are just going to keep going. It's a terminal disease, right? <laughs> it is. It is. It's in the blood. Well, and with these autonomous cars coming, the day that we have to give up driving for whatever reason, uh, maybe we can just summit it on our little uh, handheld device and say, car, come to the front of the house and take me somewhere fun today. Maybe uh, we'll, a car show or a concord. We'll use <laughs> an augmented reality to scoot about, I suppose. Huh? Well, probably so. Probably so. There's all sorts of fascinating things being developed. You know, uh, I, in the past, I talked to you or asked you about a big challenge uh, that you faced. Let me uh, kind of rephrase that question a little bit since you did ask that uh, or answer that before. And I'll encourage my listeners to go back and find Ed's first show. You can listen to it there. All my past 1,392 guest shows are still on the Cars yeah website for you to listen to. Um, I talk about a challenge, but let me ask you this. This day and age with collector cars, what do you see as a challenge for the collector car market and the hobby in general? Oh, I think uh, clearly it's to instill enough interest in the young people so that uh, they will become temporary custodians of these wonderful collector cars. Now, I'm not so naive, and I don't think anybody else is either. We're moving rapidly into a much different sort of world. And uh, in fact, here in our neighborhood where we have a lot of Silicon Valley people, and I'm sure it's in Twin Peaks where your son is, a lot of the people not only aren't interested in having a car, they're not even interested in getting a driver's license. I mean, that's astounding. All of us, we were driving bef years before we ever were able to get a license. Oh, and, yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. And, and so that's a very dramatic change. And then you have the uh, the self-driving vehicles come along and and uh, it's coming at us very fast. Robotics and artificial intelligence, a uh, favorite subject of mine, are, are moving faster than people can imagine. So we're not going to be able to save all of these thousands of, quote, collector cars. And for people who don't believe that, I say, look, at not much more than 100 years ago, the world was full of horse-drawn carriages, a lot of beautiful custom-built horse-drawn carriages. One-off specialities, if you will, the wealthy owned. Not too much different than cars when you come down to it. Where are all the beautiful horse-drawn carriages? Where are all the beautiful custom horse-drawn carriages constructed wealthy? Well, they're gone. There's a few of them in museums. There's a couple of organizations that uh, get together in small groups. But it's essentially gone. Now, the automobile is a great symbol of the industrial age. There are a few things that any of us did that didn't involve an automobile during our life, and we must save that for his the sake of history, and hopefully we'll save more of them than the horse-drawn carriage people saved of their vehicles. But 
I don't know, I'm taking a little too much time, I suppose. I think it's vitally important. I'll tell you what we've done with ICJAG. We have identified 25, uh, 30 young people across the world. I have 500 judges in my database. Most of them have judged for me along the way. That'll tell you how long I've been around. But those people that are on my central ICJAG council, they're basically, to a very large extent, gray hairs like myself. We've been at it a long time. And as we were all active, uh, we tended to make additions or replacements from our old age group. Well, that was fine when we we're in our 30s, 40s, 50s, and maybe even 60s. But a lot of us who are still vertical are up in our late 70s and 80s and a couple headed for 90. Well, I said to the guys, when it comes time for any of us to grow, we're not going to be taken from our own age group anymore. For one thing, a lot of them are longer here. And if we do choose those that are still healthy, they're not going to be able to do it that long. And so long story short, we identified 25 to 30 of our young apprentice judges who were grooming. We had dozens of those, but we selected a couple of dozen. I said, we're going to sign a mentor to each one of those people, and we're going to provide opportunities for them to learn and become more experienced because someday those are the people that have the potential to replace us. Magnificent. I love this. Everything about it. It's really great. Well, Ed, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors that make this show possible. When you want proven performance, there's one brand that's been around since 1938. That's Edelbrock, building the finest American-made performance products for the street and track. Edelbrock's products are designed and dyno-proven to deliver maximum results. Edelbrock has thousands of made-in-the-USA performance products for all makes and models. From their new ADS-2 carburetor and innovative ProFlow 4 EFI for your muscle car or truck. To superchargers for your daily driver and more, visit edelbrock.com to check out the latest products for your ride and when you're ready to check out enter cars yeah in the coupon code and get 10 percent off your order that's edelbrock automotive performance since 1938 you take care of your cars but who takes care of your investments tune-ups aren't just for engines updating your financial plan is important too your gps may take you from a to b but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com. Or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah. And I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com. 
All right, Ed, we are back, and I want to talk a little bit about this inaugural Las Vegas Concord Elegance. This week, I've been dedicating all my shows to this new event. Stuart Sobek was a guest on Monday, had uh, D.R. Rawson on the show. We've got you on the show now, a couple other people coming up. Now, you got involved in this event. This is a new event. Some people might say, oh, another Concord, ho-hum. But this is a very special, unique event. What does the Las Vegas Concord Elegance mean to you? Well, uh, first and foremost, it's that uh, Stuart decided that he would use uh, our judging process, the ICJ judging forms and guidelines, the same forms and guidelines that are still used at Pebble Beach and in many, many other places that, that uh, over 50 shows in all these countries. So he's going to do that. And of course, Las Vegas is a destination so that the location itself has appeal. I am really quite impressed with what Stuart's trying to do. I kind of uh, held my breath because I had lunch with him some months ago, and he explained uh, what he wished to do. He's going to launch with a multi-day event. He's do it. He's going to try and take all of it to the top in the very first year. And I said, "Wow." He said, I know I haven't done this before, but I'm really serious about it. I'm able to devote the time to it. I've got some good people involved, and he does. He's using John Carlson, one of my charter ICJ chief judges, his chief judge. And, of course, John knows the forms and guidelines like the back of his hand. And so I would say what makes the Las Vegas Concord unique I've seen a lot of shows come and go, but normally when they start, they start a step at a time. I think this is the first time, unless you know of some other show, Mark, where a new organizer has come in and he's going to do everything all at once in the very first year. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Stuart's incredible. incredible. And yeah. I, hmm, that's interesting. Well, I've watched him through the months. And he's out there, and he's working it all the time. He's meeting the people that he needs to meet, and uh, i got to give him credit. It's looking like he's, he might be able to do it all at once in the first year. I'll be the first one to congratulate him, believe me, because— I think, uh, yeah, we'll all line up to shake his hand. I, I, it's really phenomenal, uh, all the things that they're going to be doing. I mean, they're going to be driving the cars down the Strip, Las Vegas, with uh, police escorts. They're going to have a Concord. They're going to have a gala event. They've got so Wolfgang Puck going to be serving dinner with people. It's incredible what he's pulling off. And uh, I'd encourage our listeners, go check out the website. You can order tickets there. That's where you get your tickets, lasvegasconcord.com. Absolutely phenomenal. And having people like you, Ed, involved. I mean, he's picked the best fruit from the tree here uh, to get involved with. And he has a magical way of getting people to say yes, yeah. uh, as he did with me as well. So I think it's fantastic. Well, we are uh, entering what I kind of call the last lap, a lightning round here. I'm going to ask you some of the questions I asked you before. We'll kind of see if things change up a little bit. Okay. First one is, I'm going to change this up again a little bit since you've been on the show. What's the best automotive collector car advice you could offer? Uh, don't buy it for investment. Mm, yeah. Buy, buy it for your heart. <laughs> a car, buy it because you like the car. Buy it because you intend to use it and drive it like cars are meant to be used. And when it comes time to sell, if it rewards you with a higher value than you paid, that's frosting on the cake. As with many cars, it's worth less when it comes time to sell. Cherish the memories, because if you've gotten out and used and driven that car, the memories will make up for any loss in the value. I, I can't overemphasize. 
recognize that, particularly, well, the market started to roll over now, as we all know, but, you know, the car market, people forget, it's like the stock market, it has its ups and downs. And what invariably happens is the same thing that happens in other markets. You got a bunch of people coming in near the top. They've seen the prices go up. We're going to buy these cars. We're going to put a group together and then we're going to flip them and make money. Usually doesn't work that way. That usually pretty much rings the bell and things start to slide. So if you've made money with your cars, I mean, I'm old enough to be very fortunate to be back in the day when you could buy these 12-cylinder competition Ferraris, they were used race cars, and there wasn't that much interested in them. And I kept those cars for a long time because I never buy my cars to sell. When it came time to sell, uh, they treated me pretty well, but I didn't expect that. And uh, it wasn't the reason I bought the cars. Yeah, great sage advice from a guy who's been around and done that. Now, let me ask you if there's a personal habit that you attribute in your life to the successes you've had over the years. Well, I would say this. I see a need. I establish an objective, which is usually a pretty lofty objective because I'm usually out to change something rather fundamental. And then I simply never give up until I get there. If I can't get there in the traditional way, maybe the way that other people would like me to pursue, I will get there another way. But I've never failed in my military, my corporate, or my volunteer life to reach those objectives. And I think anybody can do it. They just have to have the passion and stick with it. Anything that's accomplished in this life that's worthwhile, I think is going to have a lot of ups and downs behind the curtain. But never give up. Yep. Make a plan, work that plan. And sometimes it takes an awful lot of work. How about a resource these days? There's so many. I mean, you think back to when you and I were younger and how the limited resources we had, you could go to the library and TV was pretty much useless other than entertainment. But today, oh my gosh, is there one particular resource that's a go-to for you every day, something you enjoy? I think that our ICJ group is one of the best resources anywhere. If a person is interested, obviously, in anything having to do with judging, if a person is interested in whether a car they're interested in or interested in buying is a good, authentic car or not, if they have questions about serial numbers, come to ICJAG, and I'll tell you why. Because these fellows who are experienced chief judges, senior chief class judges, They're also some of the most well-known people in the car world. They're the people that have written the books. They're the people that have the best restoration shops in the world. For example, Paul Russell is one of my charter members, and I consider him one of the best judges anywhere. And these people have the passion, and they will bend over backwards to help. They really will. Uh, They're just as uh, into it as I am. So anybody that wants to know anything about Concord, judging, wants to become a judge. We've got three separate training programs for new people that want to get into judging. We got a lot going. So there you go. Important <laughs> re- you want parts? You know? Well, <laughs> I think I think you hit on a really important one here, and I'm going to make sure I put a link to this on Ed's new show notes page. Uh, it's, again, easy to find. It's www.icjag.org. 
Go check this out. This is absolutely fantastic. Another great resource for young people to go and old people like me uh, to go and uh, learn a lot more about cars. Love it. Really, really proud of what you've done there. In addition to our website, icjag.org, we have a Facebook page. You go to the ICJAG Facebook page. We also have an ICJAG YouTube channel that has some uh, training and instructional material on it. So feel nice. free to go to any of these sources. Absolutely. I'll put links to all those on Ed's show notes page. Now, Ed, here's an interesting question because you probably had a drink and a meal with an incredible number of interesting people in the automotive world. But if there's one you haven't yet, living or deceased, if I can make that magic happen, who would it be? Well, you know, um, you asked that the last time. I don't quite remember what name I came up with. But, you know, there's so many names when you think across the entire spectrum. But I thought about that last night because I knew you'd be asking it today. And I think the guy that I would really like to sit down with is Henry Ford. Because Henry Ford, to me, was the Steve Jobs of his day. He came in and he indeed changed the world. And like most people that change the world, they're not always that easy to work with. But these are the people that are the real visionaries. When you think about what Steve Jobs and Bill Gates did as far as the world we live in now, and you go back over a 100 years ago and you look at what the world was like, and then Henry Ford comes along, I think he was his the changes that he made were just as dramatic in his day. And I think oh, yeah. it was fascinating to sit down with him. Oh, yeah. You know, that's the uh, answer to that question most often heard here would be uh, would be Henry Ford. And, and no doubt for all those reasons why the second is Carol Shelby, uh, probably because of his uh, his honoriness and his prowess for kind of getting things done. And of course, we're about to get, get a new movie coming out here about uh, Carol Shelby and Ken Miles and Ford and the battles with oh, uh, gosh, we're looking. Ferrari. In fact, yeah. I, I don't know if you remember, I don't really remember, Mark, I may have said Carol Shelby the last time. You know, I'm going to let our listeners go back and listen. I'm not going to give it away. I don't want to give it away. I want people to go back and listen to our first talk and then compare it to this talk. Uh, again, you can find all my past guests on the Car Show website, so I'm not going to give it away. How about a book? Is there a book that you uh, have maybe read since your last visit that you've really enjoyed? Do you want to share with our listeners? I absolutely have, Mark. It's a brand new book. I find it fascinating. There's lots of car books out there, but this is the uh, first book that I've seen connect all of the dots as far as the evolution of the automobile and styling and design. And uh, I, I wanted to be sure and mention it. Uh, it's called The Face of Change. And it's by uh, John Nikas and Mike Furman. And it's just a, a wonderful book. Uh, and I think uh, we've been around a long time, read lots of books, all of us. But uh, I read this book with a very fresh view. And then John gave a one-hour presentation at the Black Hawk Museum just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I had a conflict, wasn't able to make it. But he sent me a copy of his presentation. And I was so impressed. That And found it so interesting that we've put it on our ICJAG YouTube channel. So if you go just in ICJAG and go to our YouTube channel, we put it on there a couple of days ago, and uh, it's really interesting. And the book, again, is, uh, I'm looking right at it. It's called The Face of Change, Portraits of Automotive Evolution. John Nikas, Michael Furman. Yeah, I have a copy. I'm looking at it myself right here. I picked that up during the Pebble Beach Car Week. Michael 
uh, got me a copy of that. I had both those guys sign it. They've both been guests here on Cars. Yeah, John Nikas, Michael Furman. Michael Furman, of course, uh, photographer extraordinaire of automobiles. John, author, writer, knowledgeable guy, good friend of mine as well. Those two guys were great. Go back and listen to their shows if you miss them. And get yourself a copy. You know, with holidays coming up, if you have a car person, an enthusiast in your life, get them this book. Because not only has Ed now endorsed it, I'm endorsing it. It's a fantastic show-all, tell-all, because there's words in there too, but beautiful photography of cars of our past, all sorts of different cars. It's fantastic. I'm so glad you brought that up. And you can find all these resources again with quick, easy links on Ed Gilbertson's show notes page on the Cars Yeah website. And don't miss his first show with me. He was guest number 326. Today, he's guest 1,392. Talked to a lot of people over the years. Oh my gosh. Well, Ed, I'm going to ask you one last question, and this question can be a bit of a doozy. We'll see if it's the same as what you said last year. I'm going to buy you any cool collector car today, my friend. It doesn't matter who owns it or where it is. And my goodness, you've probably seen them all. But there are some rules to this game that may make it a bit of a challenge. One is you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other toys with. You got to keep it. The other is it's got to be a driver. I want you to get out and enjoy it. But here's the kicker. It's the only collector car you can own. So choose wisely. Now, I remember the last time I, I chose the Cobra Daytona Coupe that won the world championship, the only man, American manufacturer to ever do so. Yes. It, it beat the GTOs. This time I have a different car because this is a car that has reappeared, a very famous car. I saw it in England last week. I think everybody will know the car I'm talking about. It's the Bartonon Ferrari that was pulled from the arterial auction last year because of some uh, legal situations within the Bartonon family. But somebody has got that car. Very few people know it at this point. I think I was one of the first. He called me and said, guess what I have? <laughs> Whoa. And then had me over, had it parked in front of his grand place in England all by itself, and I almost fell over. It's it's the 250-275 P-car, the open P-car, the one that uh, was going to fetch a world record-breaking price for any automobile at the Arturo auction in Paris and was pulled, and it was kind of uh, in legal dispute and the rest of it. Well, I think I can say it. I don't think he's keeping it a secret. He's just an understated guy. Brandon Wayne got it. Oh, wow. Okay. They're Very cool. A better owner than Brandon. Yes. And that car is so cool. It's unbelievable. You know, it's it's built on that LM chassis, got a very powerful engine. It's, yeah. I love open, short, wheelbase cars. Well, I love the later P cars, that first one, that, that, two, that little open 250, 275 P I absolutely love. That's the yeah. one. Yeah. Wow. Nice choice, my friend. Well, I'll encourage uh, our listeners to go check that out. You can find, just Google the car. You'll find it online. It's very, very special. It's a beautiful car. Absolutely spectacular. I'm like, it's nice to go know Brandon has that car because he's a, a collector extraordinaire of Ferraris and fine cars. And it's in very good hands and we know it'll be driven and used and uh, won't be tucked away so people can enjoy it. Nicely done. Well, Ed, I want to thank you for coming back and taking me on another great ride. We've seen each other over the years, of course, at car shows, but it's so good to talk to you again. 
Thank you for what you do for the car hobby, the car culture. Uh, I want to thank you for sharing your journey again today here on Cars Yeah. Before I let you go, could you offer me a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that beautiful Ferrari? Well, I love to talk, as everybody knows, so I hope I didn't take up too much of your <laughs> No. Let's see. I would say this, and I think it applies uh, to everything and everybody. Do what you like best, because that way you'll be the best at it. And the passion, if you're doing something you like the best, you'll have the passion, and the passion will pull you to the top of anything you choose to do in this world. Absolutely. Very wise words from a guy who's been there and done that. And I'll encourage our listeners, go to the website, www.icjag.org. Check out what we've been talking about today. And again, don't forget to join Ed and the rest of us at the Las Vegas Concord Elegance. This is a fabulous event. It's going to be something for everybody. It's going to be fantastic. Go to lasvegasconcord.com to learn more about it and get your tickets. Ed, thanks again for calling in today, for being so generous with your time, as you always are with everyone, your expertise, and for sharing your incredible life experiences. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you at the Las Vegas Concord de Elegance. Mark, thank you so much. It's always good to get together with you. Absolutely. Hey, Mark Green here from Cars Yeah. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah TV show? It's a weekly visit to some of my past Cars Yeah podcast guests, and I take you along for the ride. You go behind the garage door and into their lives, their businesses, and you get to see what makes them successful. With tens of millions of viewers, Cars Yeah TV is making its mark. Cars Yeah TV is available on MAV TV and Lucas Oil Racing TV. You'll find MAV TV on Direct TV. Fubo TV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through Lucas Oil Racing Television online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!